welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. And we're back post Camden Fringe 2023. Slightly tired and jaded. Mm-hmm. But we've had a bit of a rest and we're ready to start nattering on about stuff again. I am ready to talk about it. (laughs) We're going to process everything now. 2023, it happened. It finished two weeks ago as we were recording this. And it was a good year, I think. It was, on the whole, quite successful. Yeah, I think it was. We sold more tickets than ever before. And... As ever, it's a real mixed bag. So each show has its own individual experience. Some people do really well. Some people don't do so well. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, we had loads of press coverage. I think we've had more reviews than we've ever had before. No matter how well it goes, I'm always acutely aware of the ones that haven't done so well. And those are the ones that haunt me. Same. And I think it would be easy to say, it's very clear to see which shows did the preparation and which shows didn't. Um, which I think it is, but I don't think that necessarily relates to sales. There's some shows that actually worked really hard, did lots of promo, and they still didn't manage to get audiences in. And I don't know if that's just because their show wasn't super appealing or they didn't have like a nice bunch of family and friends to call on. Mm -hmm. or... Or the weather. I mean, I suppose we've been doing this for a long time. The one thing that we've never been able to do and that no one has ever been able to do is like come up with a magic formula of how to, you know, if you do this, this and this, you will have a successful show. It just doesn't always manifest. And that's something that happens every year is like people go, my show's on in a week. And can you just tell me how I sell tickets? People think there is a magic formula and they think that we're not telling them. Sometimes people suggest that they give us more money and we will tell them what this, what the secret is. And the mm. thing is, there is no secret. We're at, with these podcasts and with the information that we give to performers up front, we're being really honest and saying, this is, this is what we know. This is how you do it. It's hard work. You have to put a lot of effort in. And there isn't a secret to selling tickets. I really wish there was. Well, if there was, we wouldn't still be doing this, would we? Let's face it. No. But then one of the things we'll do over the next few months is we'll get people on that have done really well and talk to them about different things and and see if we can get some top tips from them yeah if there's anything that we can add i've written a little list of things all right what's your first one well my first one is promo codes do i need to explain what a promo code is sorry i realize i'm using jargon here go on it's when you set a discounted rate and you use a little code to put in the basket to get a, a little bit of money off which is nice when i buy things online i quite often look to see if there's a promo code available we did a whole show about budgeting didn't we it's just me and you blabbling on about Mm. budgeting Mm. and that should be where you get your ticket price from is working out how much you need to sell your tickets for but what a lot of people seem to do is panic and go people aren't buying tickets because the tickets are too expensive and I think that's rarely the case um Mm -hmm. tickets on the whole for the Camden Fringe they're less than 20 pounds definitely um Mm -hmm. they're not that expensive and I think people although we're in a cost of living crisis people people aren't that sensitive so we had a lot of people messaging us saying can I set up a promo code for my show and we always say yes because why would we say no um this year 20% off was very popular and I think people they don't even think about the promo codes particularly they just go I've seen someone else doing this 
So I'm going to do the same. So they all wanted 20% mm-hmm. off this year, which was annoying because I had to do some math. And so we get to see when people book tickets, whether they've used the promo code or not. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that very, very rarely are the promo codes effective. I think when you, I think you want to go and see something, you make a commitment to go and see a thing and you book a ticket. And I think having a, a bit of a percentage off is not going to make the difference, is it? It's whether you've got time to go. So, yeah, I think we had one show that set up, I think, three or four different promo codes for different groups and things so they could track the mm-hmm. sales. And um, I could pull it up now and have a look and see how many were used. But off the top of my head, I think only one of the promo codes got used and it was maybe for two tickets. So mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time setting up these deals and they're not mm-hmm. getting used. So I think relying on promo codes as a strategy doesn't work particularly. I mean, ticket sales wise, it was very steady right up until the, the last day. People book very, very late for things. Yeah. Even on the last day, we sold loads of tickets. So people were just buying tickets, obviously, on the day. It's obviously hard to do on a audio format. But if you look at the visuals of where the ticket sales spike and where they go, so we have tickets on sale for months before the festival starts. Very, very, very quiet, very, very quiet. And then like halfway through the week before, it suddenly picks up. I think actually one of the busiest days we had was the day after we had our launch party. Yeah, because everyone was energised to exactly. do some stuff. Yeah. And then it really picks up. I think the first few days is when it really picks up. But there's a massive leap. So people are buying tickets at the last minute. Interesting is, although it's great to have people book tickets well in advance, and that's the dream, isn't it? There's also the potential for them, people, to forget that they have booked tickets and then you think you've sold out and some of them don't turn up. Or they've changed their plans. That was something that Matt Green saw in his first few shows because he sold out quite a lot in advance. I definitely saw a tweet from him saying quite a lot of no-shows um, for this performance. I suppose the dream is to, to arrive at the theatre knowing that your run is about to start and you know that you've sold all your tickets. So, that, so that's just a panic that you do not have to have if you've managed to do it all in advance. And I know that did happen for some shows. I think if you've got, you know, if you've sold 50% of your tickets the day before you start, that's incredible. Mm. Most of our venues are small and people spread out. It will look full with 50% of people in there, Mm. probably. We had a a couple of shows this year as well who seemed to, I'm trying to think how to describe it, maybe kind of ticking out the last minute. Maybe they'd planned it all and they'd sold tickets and then maybe got to the last minute and either realised they didn't have the confidence to do it or that their show just was not ready or that they hadn't written it. Yeah, there's always a couple of cancellations for not very apparent reasons. Mm. But then we did have a couple of shows that were very last minute and they booked in loads of dates. And I did think, oh, this is a, a long run and you booked this very last minute. And then they did really well. So it can work yeah. if you book in last minute. I think it's, again, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There isn't a formula. It really no. depends on what the work you do. Visiting your venue before you go and perform there is Mm -hmm. something that we would advise. I'm sure we've advised this before. Make sure you know what equipment they have, what you are allowed to use, how close you're going to be to the audience. I think that surprises some people that there isn't 
a, a massive changing room or an orchestra pit so you can look at plans but i think it's really useful to go and visit your venue in person just to make sure you know exactly what you're getting and if you can't some of the venues have made little videos haven't they mm-hmm. or ask them if they will do a video call. One. yeah so yeah in common with looking at your venue in advance please try and read all the information that we've given you and mm. pay attention to the emails that we've sent mm. people obviously don't read them all because we get lots of people going oh so how do i do this it's like we literally sent that to you yesterday the the not reading of emails is such a huge bugbear for me because i do a lot of chasing during the year to try and help people sort out their venues and it's just astonishing to me how many people don't reply ever so sometimes i might have emailed someone five or six times somebody last year said what do you want from me (laughs) (laughs) and i thought i've said in the email what i want i want you to give me an update of how you're getting on so and and i've asked you if you need any help that's what i that's what i want from you even if it's like I've decided not. I'm not going to do the Camden Fringe this year. If let us know that, then we'll stop sending yeah. you emails. Which I put in every single email I send, saying, "If you're not doing it, it's absolutely fine, but do let me know, so that I can take your name off the list, and then I don't continue chasing you up because there's loads of other people that I could be spending my time helping." So, please. I mean, I think. Do you think maybe young people do not do emails like old people? We've had this discussion and we maybe we need to use another method to contact people. Maybe we need a WhatsApp or something. We can have no. a look at that. I think people just need to reply to their emails. I mean, everyone has an email address, don't they? I think you just need to accept that if you're going to decide to produce a show, you need to check your emails. It drives me potty. So what else is on your list? Don't rely on us to do your social media is something that I've written. We have historically done a lot of social media for the shows. Um, There's a limit to how much we can physically do because we've got over 300 shows. Think about doing 300 Instagram posts. Think how long that takes over a short few months. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. We can't post about each show multiple times we can only do one post about each show on the grid and then we can do a few stories we have like 30 shows on a day we can't do a story about every single show every single day it's too much people will unfollow if you bombard them too much as well yeah people aren't going to pay attention and i think um if you look at how many people view our stories you can definitely see it going down as the month goes on so i'm pretty convinced it's just other acts looking to see if we've shared their show and trying to catch us out rather than punters thinking check the story what shows on today i'll go and see this but we get messages from people saying when when are you going to share my show you haven't shared my show and it's like well we have actually one person this year did say you haven't shared my show and it was a very last it was one of those very last minute shows you're talking about and i said i'm sure we have but actually i checked and we hadn't so one person was right that we hadn't shared their show this year I shared it. It was fine. But on the whole, people think that we haven't shared their show and we have. They've just forgotten because we have to do it over Mm. many, many months because it's so many posts. It reminds me of turning up in Edinburgh with um, Axe for the start of the festival and everyone's like, where's my poster? I can't see my poster anywhere. It's the same thing, isn't it? Posters or social media or... Yeah, it's exactly the same. You have to accept that you are swimming in a big sea of other shows 
and that you have to share the sea with the other shows. So not every post is going to be about your show. In fact, only mm. one in 300 posts is going to be about your show if there are 300 other shows. Mm. And you just kind of have to get your head around that, which I think a lot of people haven't. And it's exactly the same as that poster thing where some poor mug who works at a venue would every year have to go around and do a tally of how many posters there were um, of each show because people were kicking off about it. Yeah, We will put social media up and it is for you to if you're doing a show, then to share that as well. Our audience and social media is probably mostly other performers. There are obviously some punters on there. We do get real punters, but it's not going to get you a massive audience us alone doing social media. You have to do your own as well. And I think probably at some point we should do a whole podcast about social media because I think there is quite a lot to say um, about how to best do it. One of my other bugbears that people do on social media is just put a tweet up going, hi, um, my show's on in two days and I would really like some press to come and see it. Let me know if you want some ticket. That doesn't work. It looks really unprofessional. It shows that you're not very organised and the press aren't like trawling Twitter going, oh, I wonder what I'll go and see. They're already booked in for people who have sent them a charming email in advance um, and a press release and have told them what their show's about. I feel like we've been very negative. Yeah, we have. It is a do's and don'ts thing, isn't it? So what have been the do's then? What have been the do's that people have done? The do's, people have been charming, well-organised, polite, have had brilliant shows. I mean, that's always a a help, isn't it? You know, that's, that's the main thing that helps. They've... They've been lovely to their venues. They've visited their venues in advance and taken flyers and posters and made sure that they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, they've built up a rapport perhaps with some of the staff there, which always helps when people say, what are you looking forward to seeing? Because people will ask them that. Um, They've been to see other people's shows and posted about other people's shows that they've liked, which I think is just a it's just a really good thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Go and support each other. God, I really enjoyed the launch party. Okay, here's another positive thing. Some shows have been nominated for awards. Ooh. There's two lists that I'm going to read from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, there's quite a large crossover. So London Pub Theatres do a standing ovation award and they nominate a number of shows each month Camden Fringe shows that got nominated for a London Pub Theatre Award and I think only shows that are performed in pub theatres are eligible so if you're on for example at the cockpit you probably wouldn't be eligible for this one but yes we have something to take off the edge a woman called girl blink scavengers brown girl noise bunny bunny la Sena rentola neverland and that's the last one. Shows that were nominated for an Off Fest Award so far are Maybe I Do, La Cenerentola Again, True West, Woman Life Freedom, A Caravan Named Desire, Ready Steady Crooks, The Bareback Kings, Assessment Center, Bunny Bunny Again, Runaway, scavengers that was also on the other list and the emperor's new clothes mm. there's quite a lot yeah quite a lot and actually with the off fest award if you did perform at camden fringe this year and you had two or more four or five star reviews you can nominate yourself for the off fest award check the emails that we've sent you should we end on a positive note 
Thanks, everyone, who was part of the Camden Fringe this year. You've been really good. And sorry, this was a bit negative. We're very tired. It's been a sweaty week. Thank you for listening. We'll come back with some guests next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.